Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Gianna Melillo, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. Sexual orientation and gender identity change efforts, SOGIS, more commonly known as conversion therapy, is a discredited practice opposed by a number of medical, mental health, and human rights organizations, including the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. Yet annually, the practice's harms lead to an estimated direct and indirect cost of $9.23 billion in the United States, according to a new study published in JAMA Pediatrics. SOGIS can take the form of individual or group psychotherapy, inpatient treatment, or administration by religious leaders, while many individuals undergo multiple modalities, typically as youths. The practice relies on the false belief that being LGBTQ is pathologic and its enforcers promote sexual and gender identity rejection, often to the mental health detriment of recipients. Currently, 25 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico all have bans in place prohibiting SOGIS for minors. However, unlicensed individuals, like religious practitioners, are not regulated, and all states allow the practice in adults. As part of the current analysis, researchers also investigated the economic and humanistic outcomes of affirmative therapy. Essentially the opposite of SOGIS, affirmative therapy is defined as psychotherapy validating the positive expression of sexual and gender identities and recognizing the association of macro-level forces, such as heterosexism and homophobia, with well-being. The systematic literature review and economic evaluation was carried out by Cytel, a clinical trial company, and the Trevor Project, a nonprofit dedicated to suicide prevention among LGBTQ youths. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with lead study author Dr. Anna Forsyth, Vice President of Value and Access at Cytel. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Forsyth. To begin, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work? My name is Anna Forsyth, and I'm a Vice President of Value and Access at Cytel. And uh, in, in Cytel, I, um, I help our, our clients define the value, gather the evidence that may be required to understand the value of new therapies and uh, summarize that evidence and, and then conduct uh, analyses, whether these are statistical or economic analysis, and uh, as the results publish that, so that the uh, decision makers all over the globe could make their decision based on true, robust evidence that was con- that was collected systematically and comprehensively. What exactly is sexual orientation and gender identity change efforts or conversion therapy, and why is this practice so dangerous, especially for minors? The sexual orientation and gender identity change efforts, which is what we called in the paper SOGES, or often it's called the conversion therapy, is the therapy that surprisingly is still practiced in the United States and is illegal in adults or anyone over 18 years old in all uh, of the states in the United States. And these are efforts 
rooted in the beliefs that being lesbian or gay or bisexual or transgender or queer are actually not correct and not a norm and are pathologic and is something that could be treated and cured. Uh, and based on this so-called conversion therapy, the, there's no evidence out there that says that it is actually effective in any way, but we've discovered that there is a, an enormous amount of evidence showing that that therapy is not only ineffective, but is severely detrimental to the health of the individuals who undergo that, that therapy, and uh, especially when it is administered at the young age. How did you carry out your systematic literature review and economic evaluation on the consequences of SOGIS? So basically, where we started, we had a, a, an open question, what evidence out there exists in a peer-reviewed literature that talks about SOGIS or conversion therapy uh, or any sexual orientation therapy and discusses the efforts to change that. And we've conducted a systematic review of any published articles through advanced databases and uh, looked at multiple papers, identified actually 28 papers at the end that covered a very large population. Uh, I believe there was uh, 190,000 LGBTQ population covered in, in these 28 papers that we've identified. Then we've summarized that data to try to answer several scientific questions. First is how many individuals uh, out there, particularly in ad adolescents and young individuals in the United States, uh, have undergone soldiers or are at risk to undergo? soldiers and then what types of therapy exist and uh how is this therapy administered or are um, most people receive one type of therapy and for how long or many types and how long usually at, and at what age and then uh what are the outcomes are there any papers reporting effectiveness but also are there any papers reporting harms uh uh, specifically humanistic burden to this uh, to this population as well as economic harms and then we conducted a model trying to um, use this information that we collected to quantify to understand if and for and each given individual the therapy itself is costing a certain amount of money and then if that individual is going to experience increase level of harm, such as depression, anxiety, uh, substance abuse, suicidal attempts, and so forth, if there's an increase in those, what are the costs associated with these per individual? And then just by multiplying the number of individuals exposed or potentially exposed in the United States, considering that it is legal uh, over the age of 18 in all of United States, and it is only legal in 25 states in youth. And so by multiplying this, we came to the total understanding of the total economic burden to the society in, in our country. What were some of the outcomes those who underwent SOGIS experienced, and what were the indirect and direct costs of the practice? 
so what we found out, which, which was the most scary to find out, the significant increase in anxiety, uh, in depression, and in this cases, uh, specifically in anxiety, there was more than 40% increase in anxiety in those who experienced soldiers versus not. Uh, it was two and a half, almost two and a half, 2.4 times increase in depression. Uh, there was a, a over 30% increase in substance abuse and more than twice, 2.3 times increase in suicidal attempts and significant increase in the uh, severe critical suicides re resulting in the use of healthcare resources, hospitalizations, and so forth. And as a result, we also found out that on average, uh, a soldier's therapy is administered at, at the age on average, at the age of 25, but actually in, in the studies, there were reports from as early as five years old and as, as late as uh, 58. And what was scary to find out is that the majority of LGBTQ population experienced more than one type of soldier's therapy uh, with 43% uh, experiencing more than two types and 15% experiencing more than three types of soldiers. And, and the total duration was 26 months. If you just stay, take a step back and consider that weekly sessions with a psychiatrist for over two years we are talking about. But even considering that the total cost of the therapy itself are not that dramatic. We're talking about 650 million for overall costs for, for the country. However, it's the cost of consequences of those therapies, the cost of increase in, in depression, anxiety, mostly suicidal attempts, the increase in alcohol and substance abuse, all of that are adding up to $8.5 billion. So we, we are talking about a significant increase uh, in costs versus if that horrible practice would have been outlawed, we could save $9 billion a year uh, in this country. And how do those costs compare with individuals who underwent affirmative therapy? Affirmative therapy, unfortunately, is not as much information available uh, in our research. However, we've so we've have to apply a little bit of the estimates. For example, the costs of affirmative therapy itself and the types uh, were not as available. But uh, we've uh, estimated that the affirmative therapy itself would cost close to seven hundred million. So actually quite similar to the costs of conversion therapy, but there would be close to $2 billion, $1.8 billion of savings versus no therapy. So overall, conversion therapy to affirmative therapy, we're talking about uh, uh, over $10 billion difference. In the study, you and your colleagues wrote that the model in general took a conservative approach and is likely to underestimate the true economic effect of SOGIS. Why is this? Uh, one is uh, we've used the estimation that 10% of all LGBTQ youths would experience soldiers. However, our systematic literature review showed that actually the range was 
different and and the mean was closer to 12%, which would add some numbers to that. Uh, on top of that, uh, many individuals, we assume that each individual would only experience one type of soldiers. Uh, however, as I've mentioned, 43% experience more than two and 15% experience more than three types of soldiers, and we did not take that into consideration at all. Uh, we've also estimated that any types of costs and harms uh, we've looked at the horizon of three years in this model. But, however, it's a known fact that, unfortunately, the detrimental impact of soldiers continues through the lives of, uh, of the individuals and do not stop magically at three years. So considering all of that, the costs may, may have been underestimated. What additional research do you hope to see in this subject area? Uh, well, I'm hoping that the Trevor Project continues their great work and continues their surveys and, uh, and shows through that work and their surveys the true detrimental impact of uh, soldiers therapy. Truly, I think where we need more research is, is, a, is about affirmative therapy and showing the positive impact of such therapy so that the healthcare insurance plans uh, and the governmental agency would consider reimbursing such therapy and consider the support because this is obvious from the limited information we were able to identify, it's obvious to us that, that the therapy brings with itself a lot of positive impact. If the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry and other medical and mental health and human rights organizations are formally opposed to this practice, how can it still be carried out in the United States legally? Uh, I wish I could help answer that question. Again, uh, when we've started this project as scientists, uh, we did not expect to find a lot of information. We did not expect to find 28 studies with 190 thousand individuals. And these are not all old studies. We thought, okay, this may be from 1950s, but no, not recent. And, and we were horrified to find out that this is still an ongoing practice. And I really hope that this piece of research would help with the legislature and would help the decision makers to truly outlaw such a, a horrific practice. As I'm sure you're aware, a recent flurry of laws in Florida, Texas, Idaho, and other states have called for restricting care for LGBTQ communities or prohibiting mention of this population's existence in some school curriculums. So do you have any thoughts about these new laws that are being enacted and some concerns that this is indicative of maybe a regressive movement in the U.S. with regard to LGBTQ rights? I'm definitely very concerned about this because uh, uh, as we've we've shown, the affirmative therapy has helped many individuals and there's potential economic impact as well as the humanistic impact. We've talked with you this whole time about the economic impact. We didn't discuss also the humanistic impact, the potential positive impact on on these people's lives and taking a therapy, a needed therapy away from these people is, is just, 
is just a horrible practice. And and uh, I, I'm I'm really hoping that uh, more papers like this can help show that unbiased research in a peer-reviewed, published in peer-reviewed journal can support the, not only the, the, to show that the conversion therapy should be outlawed and become illegal and not practiced and to show all the harms, but also to show all the positive impact of affirmative therapy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.